This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This week on The Breakup Breakdown. This was supposed to be our six years and I was super upset. I thought I'd be planning a wedding, not broken up. So naturally as one does, I check her social media and her and Rachel got married. So those two months she was telling me that she's the best ex-girlfriend in the world and fighting and wants to get back together and is hoping I'll give her another chance. She was actually dating Rachel. Finding out your ex got married a year after you split is gonna leave you with some questions. And I think we've got those answers. Hey, what's up? It's Abby from The Breakup Breakdown. Thanks for tuning in to to another episode. If you're new here, this is the podcast that brings you stories from those messy breakups you want to know more about. Like maybe it's something you saw on TikTok or could be your own breakup story. Or it literally could even be that girl you follow from your high school on Instagram and she deleted her engagement photos out of nowhere. And you're like, I've always wanted somebody to ask her, but like, obviously I'm not going to do that. You can ask me to ask her. There's a submission form in the episode description that you can check out if you want to submit any of those tips. Again, these stories could be from anywhere because we love a good story wherever it comes from and getting some good lessons along the way. And as always, if you want to jump to a certain part of the interview, you can find timestamps in the episode description. Hey, Heartbreakers, welcome back to another episode of The Breakup Breakdown. Thanks for tuning in. So this week, we've got a submission from someone whose ex got married to that person she told her not to worry about. And spoiler alert, she did need to worry about it. But before we get to that, every week we give a shout out to a different domestic violence shelter throughout the country just to raise more awareness and and you know, if you feel like helping them out, you know where to find that information. So this week, we're giving a shout out to the Spring of Tampa Bay, who provides safe spaces and empowering services to survivors of domestic violence and their kids. You can find all those details on where to get help or to support the organization, again, in the episode description. So into the submission. Okay, so you know that couple that's been together forever, like since high school and all through college, like maybe they've broken up a time or two, but they always get back together. They're kind of like that comfort sitcom, like an episode of Friends that you turn on. Not every episode is a banger, but they're always there and you, you can always count on them, you know? So it's gotta be a little jarring when after seeing pictures of them on your Instagram feed for five years, one of them, post a picture of her getting married to somebody else like within a year of the breakup. So that's the basis of this week's submission. I got a tip that said that these girls dated through high school and college, you know, made it all the way through those hard years and ended up splitting, which I don't know about you, but Ring by Spring literally isn't just a fun saying. It's usually because once you get through those college years, you can usually expect a ring, not a breakup. Well, there was a ring on somebody's finger that next spring and it wasn't the original couple that had been together for years. So what happened to these high school sweethearts and how did this new relationship form and really quickly at that we're gonna find out when we break down this week's breakup so we're gonna call my ex Bree I met Bree in high school I literally remember exactly what she was wearing like everything um, to this day she was wearing like a white baseball jersey and she was like I it was my first day of school of junior year and her third day because I was sick the first two days of school junior year so she was wearing like a baseball jersey and and I was sitting down eating my food with my best friend and I saw her and I was like, oh my God, she is so cute. I was like, who is this chick? I was biased. I was a pre-AP AP student and I did think that she wouldn't be in the pre-AP classes because I was like judging by how she looks and her being an athlete. I was like, yeah, no. 
Yeah, this must have come. Part of the baseball jersey. Literally. So I go to class and I sit down to the seat closest to the door because I wanted to dip out once class was over. And right behind me, she she like came in and sat down after the bell rang late. And there she was. I was like, oh, dang, this world. And then we end up having history together, too. So we left English and I was trying to find the history classroom. And I was like, oh, my gosh, is this history and she was like yeah and I was like not me being in two classes with her back to back so <laughs> it was a little love story from there we became friends first and then we got to know each other we started dating towards the end of junior year and we got together it felt like a little romance movie it was like first love it was very endearing we did it all of senior year there was some things like some small red flags but nothing I really noticed and then after senior year we went to college so I was on and off of college I like took a semester off because I was burnt myself out I was like going to school all day and then bartending and serving all night and it was exhausting and she was like saying I wasn't giving her enough time I chose to spend more time with her and I chose work and her over school yeah and that to your parents they were supportive of it because I had to pay for because there, there's like familial matters that go into it too. My family owns a business. So they were like, we have to focus on the business, not paying for your college. So <laughs> they were like, you're giving us a break. Yeah. So basically we bought a house together because the economy dropped. And like I said, I was focusing on work and we both were. So we were focusing on money. So we bought a house and renovated some of it. I look back at it. I'm like, there, there are definitely very good things. When it was good, it was good. So yeah, she definitely did show me a nice wholesome first love to an extent let's talk about the extent so you guys have just bought a house which congratulations being so young and purchasing a house house is a huge accomplishment even if you know the quote-unquote economies crash like that's amazing so <laughs> where do things start to go wrong so it was pretty great however like i said there were small red flags so one of them was that she was very controlling and manipulative but the thing obviously about being a controlling manipulative person is that it starts off in small things that slowly get bigger over time and so one of them was that we had to always be together she was a very codependent person and I'm not a codependent person. I love being with my significant other, but I also love my alone time more than anything. I'm also a book nerd. Like I'm a huge bookworm. I read all the time and she would get mad when I read because my attention wasn't on her. She would always want to be together. So because of this, she would always hang out with me and my friends. So she would complain about not having her own friend group. I'm someone who's very big on platonic love as I am romantic love. So I would tell her like, you need to hang out with your friends. Like friends are just as important. She was like, I just don't have any friends anymore because she dropped all of her friends when we started dating except for her best friend. Her mom works in the hospital in the cath lab. This girl, her name is Rachel. She works in the cath lab as well with her mom and they're kind of friends. So Brie is always going to her mom in the cath lab on her breaks and lunches and whatnot. So uh, Bree's mom talks to Rachel and she basically suggests that they're so similar, they should become friends. She's like, you and my daughter are a lot alike. So Rachel reaches out to Brie. We're in the room and Rachel messages her because like I said, Brie's mom told her to. And she's like, hey, your mom said we're very similar. I was thinking we could like maybe become friends. And she tells me, Brie tells me immediately that this happens. And I'm like, yes, girl, 
go do it. Get a friend, please. I'm begging you. Um, that sounds amazing. For that entire time, they start texting. I'm fine with that because I could read in peace. So I was like, bro, text all you want. I do not care. So I'm reading in peace. And it was like, I did know that in the back of my head, like it's been two and a half weeks now and they're just texting nonstop. And then the third week comes and she's like, we're finally going to meet. On a side note, did you know anything about her sexuality? Like, did was she out? Was she yes. Just, okay. So actually, Rachel had a girlfriend whose name was Brie. So same Spelled- name. Same name, and they both worked in the med field, and they were both athletes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and Rachel's girlfriend, I also went to high school with. She was a year older than us. <laughs> um, so basically, that is a side note. I didn't know her sexuality, and I didn't know she had a girlfriend. One of the things that caught me off guard, she tells me, like, she jokingly goes, oh, she's my friend. You can't have her. Like, she's all mine. And I was like, what? And she was like, well, she's my friend. You can't have her. Like, I'm not sharing her with you. And I was like, what does that even mean? I share all my friends with you if they're like our property or something. But So I'm not understanding what you're saying. And that caught me a little off guard. So I was like, okay, uh, red flag for sure. And she only wanted to hang out with her alone. There was another night that she went out. She never came home. I, w- I, w- I went to sleep and it was like 5 a.m. And I woke up and she just wasn't home. And so I called her so many times and she didn't answer. And I checked her location. She was still with Rachel. I was like, where are you? Blah, blah, blah. Because she started hanging out with Rachel's friends and got introduced to their friend group. So she was at their house still and she did, wasn't answering. So then I call her mom and I'm like, I cannot find your daughter. It's 5 a.m. and I'm spamming her. I'm like, I don't know where your daughter is. You need to locate her right now. And so she calls her daughter and she texts me and she's like, Brie fell asleep. I told her to contact you. So keep in mind, like I called her mom because I did have a relationship with her mom. I was really close with her parents. And we also went on family vacations together. Her family had a beach house and every summer we'd go stay at this beach house. So I traveled with her family. I was really close with them. We went there every Sunday. She basically calls me. Brie calls me. Is like, I'm so sorry. I fell asleep and I'm, I'm coming home. I'm like, yeah, get home. I don't know what else you want me to say to you. So she comes home. I don't talk to her. We go to her family's house for family dinner and her um, mom and stepdad are like, oh, you're in the doghouse tonight. You have a lot of making up to do, blah, blah, blah. And they're like making fun of her and teasing her and whatnot. And I'm mad at her, but I'm just like, I'm not going to ruin family dinner. So I'm, I'm fine. We talk about it. And I told her, I told her after that, I said, specifically, if you ever don't come home again, and if you ever stay the night at Rachel's house, we are done. I don't care if you sleep outside in the doghouse, in your car, and it's parked because you were drunk and you didn't want to drive. We are over. And she's like, okay. So I set those boundaries immediately. And then I told her I was not comfortable with their friendship. It felt more than just friends. And I didn't want them hanging out alone anymore. And that she had to hang out if they want to hang out it had to be with me present and she's like okay so I set these boundaries and for a while I did hang out with them and it still didn't feel platonic at all so I'm continuously hanging out with them multiple times during this time my um ex Brie because I set these boundaries and whatnot and I was stern on them she we come home that night and we talk and she's just like you're just acting so crazy I've never seen you act like this before like you called my mom at 5 a.m that was ridiculous and you're setting all these boundaries like you're being controlling and whatnot so she's like I think we should take a break I don't believe in breaks so I'm like 
if we take a break, we're over. Like, it's not just a break. And she's like, we're just working on things. I'm like, she's like, you can have your boundaries. We can hang out with her one-on-one. And in the meantime, you can work on your actions and really like try to not just stop being so controlling over me. And I'm just like, okay. So I go to my other friend, I cry to her. And I find out that same day as I'm crying to my friend about Brie wanting a break is that Rachel and her Brie broke up. (gasps) And... I come home and that night Brie isn't talking to me and she's just on her phone texting Rachel. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I'm not okay with this. Like I said, her family goes on a beach trip every summer. I almost couldn't go on this trip because I wasn't sure if my job would give me the time off. So I hadn't bought my plane ticket yet, but I had told them like, just to be safe, let's try to buy it. Bree's mom invites Rachel to the beach trip. She's like, you need a fun summer vacation. You should come on the beach trip with us. It's our family vacation. It's so, so much fun. Bree's younger brother's graduating high school. He's super excited about it. He's having his graduation party on the beach. We'll, we'll be taking a family vacation there. Bree, she's like, I have something to tell you. And I'm just like, what? And she's like, Rachel's coming on the family vacation. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And she's like, I don't know if you should come. And I'm like, um... I'm coming. I just found out from work that I could come. So what do you mean you didn't know if I could come? And I'm like, I literally sent your mom the money. And she's just like, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think it'd be very comfortable. I'm like, so you're telling me you'd rather Rachel go on this beach vacation we go on every single year. And this year's for your brother's graduation over me. And keep in mind, I knew her brother since he was like 11. Because Bree's uncomfortable with me going, like, it makes me feel even more uncomfortable with their friendship. So I kind of give up at this point because she can tell I gave up. I literally was just so over everything. I was like, I was super depressed. I was fighting so hard for my relationship that she wasn't fighting for, for two months straight. Every time I would point out a red flag or something, she would try to manipulate it and say I was being controlling and insecure. All my friends were telling me like, it wasn't me. Like I wasn't the problem. So I was just completely over it. We had to go celebrate like her friend's graduation. So we go out to dinner together. As we're eating, Brie always had a water and she drank a lot of water. So I would always order her another water. During the five years we were together, I always made sure she had water. Like I would order water for me and I'd order my soda and the water was always for her. And she knew this. Everyone knew this. Well, this night um, we went out to dinner and it was so overwhelming that I only ordered my soda and Brie took that as the relationship being completely over because I told her if I ever don't get you a water one day, it's because I'm done. And I told her that like a year or two ago when we were going through a rough spa- a rough patch. And so I was like, you know, things are safe if I get you this water. I completely forgot about that. And like I said, the only reason why I didn't get her that water that day is because I was super overwhelmed and our server was being kind of mean. I was like, what do y'all want? So she could leave. And I just said like, I want a Shirley Temple. And I forgot to say, I wanted a water. Once I realized when my Shirley Temple got there, I ordered a water. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have Bree's water. So I ordered one. And we ate, and as we're eating, Bree's just acting so weird. I'm like, what is wrong with you, dude? And we're going to the bars after dinner. So in my head, I'm internally like, she's going to invite Rachel to the bar. She's acting weird. And then she's like, hey, Rachel's coming to the bar. She's meeting us there. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So we get to the bar 
And the entire time I'm just left out. She's sitting next to Rachel. I'm sitting all the way at the end. You would have thought that Rachel and Brie were dating the way they were acting and singing to each other. At one point, the DJ was like, what's your name? And I tell him my name. And he's like, why do you look so sad? Turn that front upside down. And he bought me a shot and played like my favorite song on like the playlist and everything. And this is a bar that we did frequent a lot in my hometown. So I think that's why he did it because he probably recognized me. Um, We did go there pretty often. I'm just so out of it. And I tell my best friend, I'm like, I I like the way Rachel and Bree's acting is just really not like you would have thought they were the couple. So I tell my best friend, I'm like, I need you to come pick me up. And she's like, okay. And so I tell Bree, I'm like, I'm going home. Get home when you do. So I get home and my best friend's like, do you want me to stay with you? And I'm like, no, it's okay. You don't have to. I'm talking to one of my friends all night, just like trying to I'm venting to them essentially about everything that's happening. And he's like, okay, well, is she on the way home? Cause it's 2 AM and the bars are closed. I'm like, yeah, she is. It's past the 20 minutes that the bar is away. And I'm like, she's not home yet. So I call, text her. I'm like, where are you? And she's like, I'm going to go stay at Rachel's. And I'm like, you're staying at Rachel's? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just too drunk to drive. And I was like, I'll come pick you up. And she's like, no, I'm going to stay at Rachel's tonight. I'm like, you know what happens if you stay at Rachel's? And she's like, I'm, I'm fine. You have nothing to worry about. I'm staying at Rachel's tonight. I'm like, no, if you stay at Rachel's tonight, we're over. And she's like, no, it's fine. I'm staying at Rachel's. And she's just so calm. And like, it's so obvious she doesn't care. So, and like I said, when she was drunk, she was a very different person. She's stayed at Rachel's and she came home the next morning and was like super scared to come talk to me. She always, when she was drunk, she always acted so hardcore and didn't care. And then when she was sober, she acted like the victim and was so timid and shy. And so she comes into the room as I'm getting dressed for work the next morning. And she's like, are you going to say anything? And I'm like, what's there to say? And she's like, I was like, we're done. And she is like, I stayed at Rachel's. I'm like, I know you did. And like, I, I, in just the most calm and angry voice I've ever been, I just said, I do not care. We are done. You stayed at Rachel's. You knew the consequences. You could have slept in the doghouse. You could have slept on the grass, the flower patch. I do not care where you slept. We are over. I told you, if you ever stay the night, we're done. After that, we keep living together. But I decide I'm going to move. And she's like, you can stay here as long as you want. So I move all my things into the guest bedroom and that becomes my room. So for the next two months, I'm living with her. The story surprisingly doesn't stop there. We're living together and she is just bringing me coffee as I'm working, making me breakfast. She's like, I'm the best ex-girlfriend, aren't I? Like no ex-girlfriend is better than me. So she's doing all of this stuff. And then as the vacation approaches for the summer beach house, she's like, her parents message me. They text me and they're like, we know you're not coming on the family vacation. Do you think you could watch our dogs for us? <laughs> and so I'm a nice person and I say yes. So I'm watching mine and Bree's dogs and I'm watching Bree's parents' dogs while they're on this trip. So the first three days is going fine. I'm looking at social media and they're posting, but it's nothing concerning. But I'm still just... I've never trusted them ever. It's a Saturday or Friday and I go to let her parents' dogs out and her parents live right next to one of my friends. So I go over to my friend's house to read. Me and her used to always read together. She had a really nice hammock and like pool. So we always read outside. So after I let her dogs out, I go over to her house to read and we're on our phones just scrolling through TikTok and Rachel's tick, a post from Rachel pops up and it's her and Brie on, at the beach house that I was at the summer before. And they're in like this yard running back and then they hold hands and 
Brie turns Rachel around, like twirls her and they kiss. She, Rachel posted on TikTok with, I never want to leave. And I was livid. I tell her, I'm like, screw your parents. I don't care who watches their dogs. I'm not doing it anymore. I um, leave at that. I'm like, I will let them out for one last time tonight. And then you have to figure it out for the rest of this trip. I tell her that she needs to F off. I was like a mess. I was crying. It was so bad. One of the things I said when we broke up was Rachel wasn't allowed at the house. They get back from the vacation. All hell breaks loose because of that video. And her yeah, her mom's in dad get mad at me they say I really messed up their vacation I was making her mom cry because her daughter was crying they do all that like I said hell literally broke loose they were all so mad and she gets back and I just don't talk to her and I'm like I'm moving out my family was moving into a new house so that's why I wasn't able to move with them because they were in the moving process um but we had a vacation coming up my family vacation so I was like after my family vacation I'm I'm packing my stuff before the vacation. And after my family vacation, I'm taking all my shit and moving out. Those last two weeks were just the worst thing I've ever experienced. What made it more worse was Brie's parents were saying that I was making Brie uncomfortable and I was causing her anxiety to flare up and get really bad and that she could barely function. And I was making things worse for not allowing Rachel to come over. And I told them, I was like, well, I bought this house. I paid just as much as she did, if not more in the renovations split the bills with her. So therefore I can say who comes in and out of this house when she did me dirty and she's not coming over that they just couldn't accept that. So Rachel would come over still. She would just completely disrespect me and let Rachel come over. And yeah. So then after that, I moved, my best friend moved with me and we decided to sell the house. Naturally, when we bought the house, we bought it in Bree's name. I didn't put my name on it because we were going to save my first home loan. So legally, Bree did not have to split the money with me. And we decided to sell the house when, you know, the housing market went up. So we got a pretty significant profit off of the house for what we bought it for. Her family did not want her to split the money with me. Her mom and stepdad, who knew how much money I put into the house, and had convinced me to buy the house with Brie, did not want me to have any of the money because legally it wasn't mine. And then I moved, she's texting me every day, telling me how much she regrets everything. She um, literally sends me the song Glimpse of Us. She tells me that the whole time she was on the family vacation, she wished it were me. And that she just hates her life now, keeps me updated on the house. And then I'm like, I only want to talk of the house with you, nothing else. So that's it. Well, we finally sell the house. She gives me just what I put in. So basically my down deposit and my renovation money, that's it. And she actually didn't give me the entire renovation money. She asked for an itemized receipt of everything we spent on our new floors, the kitchen sinks we bought, like everything. She wanted an itemized receipt. And I was like, we did that over the course of two and a half years. I did not keep my receipts. I have an estimate and that's all I can give you. And she's like, well, the estimate isn't enough. My family's saying it's too much. So she knocked it down um, and gave me less. So I have to go pick up the check from her. So I'm like, okay, well, when I pick it up, bring our dog. Cause we had, a, we had three dogs. We had my dog, her dog, and then the dog we adopted together. And I let her keep the dog we adopted together, even though I love that dog more than anything in the world. And I told her, I'm 
like, okay, well, bring the dog and do not bring Rachel. Those are my only requirements when I go pick up this check from you. She brings Rachel. <laughs> she pulls up and Rachel's in the car. Um, she gives me the money and then I get to see the dog. Legally, that dog is mine. My brother, when we adopted the dog, we had to be 21. So my brother adopted the dog for us. So my brother at any point can tell the police that they have his dog and then give the dog back to me. And he has been down to do that since the day we broke up. He's like, just give me the word because all my friends and family know how much I love that dog. She wouldn't give this dog to me. Like as we're meeting up, I'm like, can I have her leash and can I walk her? Um, Because we met up at a dog park. And she's like, no, I'm scared you're going to take her because she knows legally the dog is mine. And she was like, because of me not giving you all the money, you have every right to take her from me. So she refuses to even let me like walk the dog. So I'm just having to like pet her. We're basically done, right? Um, For the next three months, she's messaging me at least once every two to three weeks um, about how much she misses me and how sad she is and how much she fumbled the bag with me, how I was the love of her life. No one will ever compare. But she's still um, with Rachel. What the fuck? Exactly. And that's why I point out every single time. She's like, it's just not the same. And one of the things I do want to say is we were planning on getting married. We were together for five years and she had bought an engagement ring for me and she was planning on proposing before, like I saw the engagement ring and everything two months before her and Rachel met. So like I said, I thought things were going good in our relationship for a reason. I knew she was planning to propose. And I think it was supposed to happen on the family beach trip that summer too, the one that Rachel went on. All the way up until December, she's texting me. And finally in December, she's like, I know Christmas is your favorite holiday and that this is going to be really a really rough year for you. I'm sorry that it's bad and that I caused it and everything, but I hope you can cheer up, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I need you to stop texting me, Brie. Um, we're officially done. And I'm sure this isn't healthy for your relationship with Rachel. So I set that boundary. I said, this is not healthy for your relationship. If you want a healthy relationship going forward, because there's no chance of us ever getting back together, I need you to fully commit to that. She's like, okay, just know you will always be the love of my life. I will never love anyone as much as I love you. Um, she told me all the time that nothing was wrong with me like towards the end of our relationship she's like you were the perfect girlfriend it was me that was bad so then I was like this is this was supposed to be our six years and I was super upset I thought I'd be planning a wedding not broken up so naturally as one does I check her social media and her and Rachel got married (gasps) Um, No. and on their timeline they say this is how it started and as keep in mind, Brie never said she cheated on me to this day. Like she claims she never cheated on me. They post they're like how it started and how it ended from when Rachel first messaged Brie asking to be friends. And they post all the pictures from when they got together to when they were dating. And as we were still living together for those last two months, they were in a relationship together. Apparently, Rachel was staying at the house and I didn't know because she waited until I was in the guest bedroom to let sneak her in. She was going over to Rachel's all the time. So those two months, she was telling me that she's the best ex-girlfriend in the world and fighting and, and wants to get back together and is hoping I'll give her another chance. She was actually dating Rachel. So they dated for like 11 months and then they got married. Meanwhile, we were together for five years and (laughs) you've never gotten married. Um, Thank God we didn't. But yeah, she did get married to her. I was a mess the day I found out. I just sobbed the entire time. And then I was like, okay, I gave myself two to three days to be sad about it. And then I picked myself up and was like, all right. And I've been fine ever since. (laughs) But yeah. I'm assuming you knew um, her and Rachel were still dating. Did you ever feel like, God, I think I should be telling Rachel that she's still hitting me up trying to get back together? So I... I did. My friends 
to this day, I think they have all the receipts I sent them because I sent them screenshots. For the first six months of the year up until like summertime, they would constantly beg me to send the screenshots to Rachel. Brie was always a cheater. During the five years we were together, there were many incidents she did cheat on me. I think in the relationship, she probably cheated on me three to four times, but always made it seem like, like, oh, they kissed me and I try to push them off and they're into me and I'm not flirting with them back. But really, she was actively making moves on it and I didn't realize it until afterwards. And I think Rachel knows what kind of person Brie is because at the end of the day, they are the same person. That's why they had that connection um, was because they were very, they were so similar to each other. So I, I, I think they're very unhappy together. <laughs> oh my God. Well, do you think Rachel's doing the same thing to Brie? I feel like they are. I think so Brie was very controlling and manipulative and I think Rachel's more controlling and manipulative and I think Brie is now getting a taste of her own medicine. I wanted to send the screenshots, but I just felt like karma will do its thing. The universe will do its thing. And Rachel, I know the type of person Rachel is because like I said, I did try to be friends with them for like two months. So I did get to know her pretty well. And she is a type of significant other to go through someone's phone and belonging. So I mean, if she saw it, she saw it. But I do know they got into arguments every time she saw her texting me. Yeah, it's literally the exact same situation where you you would get in arguments with her about Rachel. And now she's getting in arguments with Rhi about you. And the cycle just goes on and on. So honestly, like you really dodged a bullet here getting yourself out of that cycle. I have never been happier. Um, I didn't realize how much that relationship was af- affecting my personality because before I was a very lively and happy person. I was very independent. I always said I never wanted to get in a relationship because I wanted to travel the world. And I knew being in a relationship would hold me back. And that's exactly what it did. Um, Since we've been broken up for a year, I've been on four different vacations. And my friends and family tell me all the time how much happier and healthier I look. I gained weight. I was really, really skinny. And I gained a lot of happy, healthy weight. My hair got a lot fuller and thicker. I look back on pictures a year ago. I'm like, my hair is super thick. Yeah, you could just tell overall like how much happier I am and my friends and family say it all the time. What do you think is the reason for that happiness? You just have more mental clarity, more mental space for joy. I do. She was very much all attention on me when like she was, I always had to be around her and she wasn't the most positive person in the world. Like I said, I was a server slash bartender at my uh, restaurant we worked at and I would bartend most Friday nights because Friday and Saturday nights are money-making nights. So I'd bartend those nights. And the nights I was bartending, she would come sit at the bar if she wasn't working and she would just hang out there for majority of my shift. So like, I never got a break from her. She ended up picking up like working at that restaurant too. So she worked in the ER and then on her off days from the ER, she would work um, at the restaurant with me. Um, so I never, ever got a break from her. We were, were either working together or we were at home together. We were together five years and I had really built a life with her. Um, we bought a house together. We, our families knew each other. We were in a very established friend group. Like I said, when things were good, they were really good. I thought she was my life partner. Um, she would she would make promises to me. Like I said, traveling has always been big for me. And she would always make promises like, oh, we'll travel to this state soon. We'll travel to this state. We're just getting our finances together. We're saving up. We're building our foundation. And then we'll start traveling. Um, And towards the end of the relationship, that 
did start happening, we did start traveling more and going on more little mini trips that would eventually lead to bigger trips. So we were trying to start off small by just staying a weekend out, you know, going to her family's beach house and staying longer than we usually would. And and the goods were really good. Like I said, um, she did teach me a, how I like to be loved. And she taught me a good, it was a good first love. It really was. It should have ended in high school. So I could have looked at it way more fondly. I just thought she was my person. Like she really did know me very well. She knew me inside out and I knew her inside out. And I will always be thankful for that. Well, I think there's something to that. I mean, your first love is so strong. And I mean, so much of it has to do, I think, hormonally with like being a teenager, everything just yeah. 10 times more. So I could understand how you could be so laser focused on that person is like, this is my person. Like she knows me so well. We get each other. And when the goods are good, you try to ignore when the bads are bad because you hope that the bads won't be so bad. So let's talk about that because I think first love is a really relatable thing for most people. Like, do you, if you had to go back and tell yourself that you needed to end this first love, when would you do it? What would you say? I would have ended it probably in high school, senior year, because she did give me an ultimatum. She told me if I chose to go to the, I got accepted into two colleges, one 15 minutes away and one two hours away. And she told me if I chose the one that was two hours away, she would end things and because she couldn't handle distance. So maybe then, but at the same time, I am glad I went with the one that was 15 minutes away. So if not then, then the second time would be in college freshman year. I was a psychology major. I've always been passionate about psychology since I was a kid. And like I said, I was doing marketing at Chick-fil-A at the time. And she had convinced me to drop out of psychology because I was doing really well. Um, my psychology professors were really, they were big fans of me and my essays, my articles, um, everything that I worked, I established really good connections with them. I joined our club and and I ended up becoming really close friends with a senior and she was going on to her graduate program. And she would, she, I remember she told me, she was like, if you stick with psychology, you only have three more years and well, two more years technically. Um, and then she's like, I want you to apply to the same program as I am and I'll make sure you get in. And she was basically getting me connected with the same professor who helped her get into that program and like helped her with her internships. And she was basically opening this really good opportunity for me and it would, but it involved me moving. And like I said, my ex couldn't handle distance. So she committed convinced me very slowly over my sophomore year to switch to more business and marketing because I was I liked it just as much. So that probably would have been the second time. Yeah, she was very um, slow with it too. It was very gradual and it was start off as small comments like, wouldn't it be cool if you did marketing or you're so interested in marketing, you have such a sociable personality. Um, and then eventually she'd be like, you should just switch your major. Yeah, and so it was small things like that, but she was also very big with it too. And she would use it for like, my anxiety is so bad, I can't handle you being a psychology major and moving to the city away from me. And like, I can't handle living in the city. So you can do marketing here in our small town, but you can't do being a therapist here in our small town. I don't know, but yeah, so she just didn't like me being a psychology major. So she had convinced me to switch over to business. Oh I am back in psychology now though. <laughs> You know what? <laughs> All's well that ends well. God, I'm so sorry. I mean, I also come from a church background and I used to I used to uh, be a youth leader for a bunch of high school girls. And I would just be so like cautionary towards them. I'm like, the person that you're in a romantic relationship with is going to have the most amount of influence on you out of anybody. And so they really do. 
got to be so picky about them. So what things are you going like when you go into dates now and you're looking for new relationships or I'm assuming you're still single? Do you have like red flags or triggers that you'll see on dates or out with people and it kind of flags you to be like, "Mm, this person reminds me a lot of my ex? I actually have a list of my non-negotiables now um, because I am a pushover. I'm a people pleaser. So it's very hard for me to like stand my ground on something. I actually have to go to therapy to finally push, like commit to establishing boundaries. And it's something I'm still actively working on, but I didn't get good at establishing my boundaries until maybe a couple months ago, like I'd say six months ago. But when I did go into dating, I created a list. Um, one of the things that I'm not, that are non-negotiables is independence. Um, my partner has to be very independent and have their separate life for me. If I see immediately once we start dating and they're actively wanting to pr- go on multiple dates back to back, I'm like, that's a slight red flag. Um, I'm not in a relationship right now, but I am dating someone kind of. Um, they're more my best friend. I, I was close friends with them for almost a year and a half. So um, I do know him more than the average person I dated when I was in my trying to go on dates and get comfortable with dating again. Um, but consistency was another one. My ex was very inconsistent. She would make promises and then just never follow through with them. So I'm very big on them keeping their word um reassurance i my ex did give me a lot of trust issues and i get very insecure especially because sometimes i don't feel like i hold my own opinion very well because i was so influenced by my ex so i just i need constant reassurance now in a relationship she would make me feel super annoying so when we were drinking she would tell me i was the most annoying person ever drunk um, so now, and she would always tell me I'm too much. So that was one of my biggest things is her just constantly telling me I'm too much. So now I need constant reassurance that I'm not being a lot. And it's really sweet because the guy that I'm seeing, I will get drunk together. And like I said, I get scared of being drunk around people that I'm re- involved with. And I remember one night I was just felt like I was being too much. I was like, oh, I'm acting, I'm acting so bad. Like she would hate this. And I whispered to him, I was like, if I'm too much, please just tell me and I'll calm down. Like, and he literally just like kissed my shoulder and was like, you, you never are. And so it was just, it, it was like it healed a small part of me that she caused. And any signs of being controlling, I just, if I'm going out with my friends, I like to travel. Like I said, my friend group likes to travel. Right now, we might be planning a last minute trip to Vegas in two weeks. And my ex would have never let me do that. But my friends, like, if they are not okay with me going on a last minute trip with my besties, then I'm like, okay, no. Or just last minute plans in general. Like one time I was at work and my coworkers were like, let's go out to drinks for happy hour. And if I had a partner who like, why are you doing that? You can't do that. I would immediately break up with them because any form of controlling, I'm just like, I can't do anymore. Yeah. That's now like the second or third time that you've mentioned the controlling tendencies of like telling you what you can or can't do. I hope this doesn't come off as victim shaming, but like, why did that feel like a normal, okay part of your relationship? Like, oh, of course she should just be able to tell me what. Because we were together for so, from so young. So all the way from 16, it started off small with her just being like, oh, well, if you hang out with your friends, can it just be for a couple of hours and then like hang out with me? And so I was like, yeah. And then it started escalating to like, I don't think you should hang out with your friends this day. You should hang out with me and you can hang out with them this the next day. I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Like I'll make that work. And then it was, oh, well, I'm working 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So your only time to hang out with your friends is 
from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then at 7 p.m. you have to come home. And it just wasn't worth the argument. It would lead to a very bad, like, if I hung out with my friends, she wasn't there and she wasn't at work. We would just argue the entire time. I had to be texting her nonstop. So if I was with them, um, I constantly had to respond to her messages. And if I didn't respond quick enough, then she would get mad and blow up my phone. I know there were instances like she would tell me to go hang out with my friends and to have fun. But when I would go hang out with them and have fun, she would start an argument and proceed to make me upset and cry. And naturally I have anxious attachment style. And so that just really amplified it and made me feel like it would put me on edge while hanging out with my friends. So I couldn't enjoy hanging out with them because I was arguing with my girlfriend and I was going home to her and having to have a big blowout. So it caused a lot of anxiety for me personally. Okay. I have a curious straight person question. So I've heard this a couple of times from some of my friends in the LGBTQ plus community. And I'm curious if you had this experience of like, when you ended that relationship with your girlfriend, did you sort of feel like, okay, maybe I want to try and date more men. So I always knew I was bisexual and I have always never cared about gender. It's all about personality. But after things ended with her, after being with a woman for five years, I was like, I just, I can't date women again. Like I need a break. So I started dating men. I think she scared me from women. I really think she <laughs> did. Like anytime I meet someone with this, like another person who is queer and they have similar energy to her, I just immediately can't do them. I'm just like, I'm so sorry. It's not you. It's me. Like I, you remind me too much of my ex. Like they won't even look similar. They'll just carry themselves very like the same way. Cause she had a very, she was a very charismatic person. She liked to be the center of attention. And anytime I meet someone who's just charismatic and charming, they immediately, especially in a woman, they immediately remind me of my ex. I'm like, I can't do this. Like I'm totally triggered by it. No, that makes so much sense. I was talking to my friend about it and it's so funny. Cause like, I'm like obnoxiously heterosexual. Like I, I always, <laughs> I could like, like women too. So I could just go back and forth. Cause then every time I go on a date with like a bad guy, I'm like, Oh, men are awful, but they're, <laughs> they're my only option. I can't, it's I like, so unfortunate. It's, rough. it's awful. What are your final words of wisdom for people who are relating to your story and are like, oh my God, I had an ex like that. Or oh my God, my girlfriend or boyfriend reminds me of her ex. Like, what would you tell them? Listen to your gut because I remember throughout the relationship, despite how in love with her I was, how much I wanted a life with her. There were small times when I just said, do I really want this forever? And that would be on the back of my mind. Um, There was like just a small gut feeling when we talk about a future together. And as much as I was ready for it, my body wasn't. And I've I really think that's why I stayed so sickly looking during the relationship, even though I thought I was at my healthiest, was because my body knew we just weren't meant to be together. So just listen to your gut, because as soon as the relationship ended, it was like all this weight was lifted off me that I didn't even know I had on me. I just look back and like, man, my my body was screaming at me. My brain, my gut, everything was telling me no. Um, And I didn't realize it until just recently, like within the past year. Tune in on Thursday for another breakdown bonus episode on high school relationships and how they affect you. And also first love, all that good stuff. I'll see you whenever you decide to tune in next.